What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Lawn Care Help Desk, the live stream, as we like to call it. And as we get started in this, I want to start out and give everybody a big what's up, YouTube. Bear with me one second while I get everything situated on my end, and I'll be right back. Time. This is what I like to call the lawn care live stream or the help desk or the live show, whatever it is you want to call it. I'm going to be your host at least for the next 60 minutes here. My name is Matt Martin. Sometimes go by the grass factor, depending on who, where, and how much you're talking to. I'm going to hit the cough button real quick. <clears throat> Got to clear the, clear the corona out of the lungs, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, sometimes, sometimes... <laughs> You get a little rona lunged up, and uh, you gotta you gotta just get it all out. So, uh, for those of you again, if you're tuning in for the first time, the way this typically works, it is a viewer dictated show, meaning you ask questions, I provide answers. A little bit of my background: went to the University of Tennessee. Uh, my background is turf grass management. I I have been in lawn care though for the for the duration of my career. Um, I worked on the corporate side of lawn care, part of scaling and all that fun stuff, and also was self employed in lawn care. And now uh, I am part of a product development and manufacturing company known as Carbon Earth Company. If anybody's ever heard of the Carbon Earth products such as X Green, X Dart, Carbon X, all those fun stuff. That was the invention of me and another guy by the name of John Borden. John Borden. So here we are. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing, Kenny? Unnecessary, sir. 
so I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I'm going to do my best to answer questions as they come in. The way it typically works is first come, first serve. I'm going to start at the top of the chat, work my way to the bottom of the chat. If I do not get to your question or you see me skip over your question, I apologize. I'm doing this all in real time. I do make mistakes. I am fallible. I am a human. Also, when it comes to uh, uh, some of the questions I may give you, sometimes I will make the mistake of saying apply it to cool season grass when I'm thinking warm season grass. Again, double check everything I say. And first, you know, first and foremost, before any of it, when you're going on anybody's recommendations, always, always, always check the labels. The label is the law. We abide by the labels here. The dude abides. The dude abides by... White Russians and labels. Lushy, what are you doing? <laughs> Unnecessary, sir. Three cheers from the stand, from the soundboard. There we go. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to move into the part of the show I like to call the roll call. First, first, we had in the chat this evening, we had the Lawn Stripes, Mr. Mr. Viper Gamer himself. What's going on, sir? Glad you're here, Dan. Uh, Chris Robbins was in the house pretty early. Gabriel John Jordan, how's it going? Painting my garage while listening to the live stream. Thank you, Corona. It's been swell. Getting getting that work done, avoiding uh, staying, remaining in the no COVID zone. Terry Finch was in here early. Cade Carter, real low design. Lambert, one of my favorite attorneys in the house. Chad Hooper, what's going on, man? How are you, good sir? Glad you're here. Jason Miller, Matt G, Izzy Mendez, how's it going? Just finished down throwing my first bag of X soil of 15 pounds per 1,000. Hey, good. Good luck. I think uh, I think you're going to be just just fine with it. Uh, let's see. Matty G says, I'm planning to put down a cocktail liquid C cup, humic acid, hydrotain, and iron all in the same tune. Should this be safe? I don't see any situation where it wouldn't be safe. The only thing I would do is make sure it doesn't congeal when you mix it all in a container. So, uh, this is where when you hear about jar testing, when you're anticipating doing something like that, where you're mixing that many products, do a jar test to make sure it doesn't have any kind of weird chemical reaction when you get them all in the container together. Add water before you start adding your active ingredients. Just going to put that out there, too. Um, Chad Hooper said, man, I, I helped my supervisor at work scalp and dethatch the zoysia from three inches to one inch yesterday. Look, Barry Brown effort. How long until I get fired or it recovers? It's not going to recover. I'm just kidding, Chad. It definitely will. It shouldn't take long. I would say two to three weeks somewhere in there. You're going to be back on fuego. On fuego, good sir. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Anyone need some of this rain? I'll say, hey, you keep sending it up here. I don't mind. None bet. Nicholas Jasmine was in here early. AV guy, how are you, Kenny? The Coo Hooper. Uh, Matt, and then, I, man, I tell you what, we're just going to jump right into the questions here. That's, that's what we're going to do. So, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reiterate this right now. If you have questions, I will provide answers. You have to place the questions in the chat in order for me to get to them. Uh, real quick, I want to do a little house cleaning. For those of you that are interested in the radio show, I do. I do a radio show every day, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m., the drive home on turfsupradio.com. If you miss it live, I upload after the show at some point. I try to regularly, at least, uh, on Spotify. You can catch it as a podcast form. If you want to listen live every day, you can download the app instructions right there at turfsupradio.com or, or you can head over to Apple Podcasts where it's featured right there as well. So. 
Lots of opportunities for you to get caught up on the things that I have going on outside of the YouTube. YouTube is just the primary medium where I tend to operate. I've been here the longest going on four, maybe even five years now. Wow, time flies. All right, Nick said, Matt, up north, I put down pre-em in early March because of the warm temperatures, and with the return of winter lately, it seems like that 55-degree go time for split apps is kind of reset as we're in the 40s. Nick, this is what I... When it comes to making applications of pre-emergence, you want to get it down before 55. 55 is not a trigger for me for go time. Uh, 55 is a trigger for me to say, oh, my goodness, if I'm not got down uh, pre-emergent yet, I am panicking. In fact, in a lot of instances, I'm afraid I'm going too late, and I'm going to switch the dimension because I'm scared I've already got germination taking place. So if you're in the 40s and you know you're in a warming trend because it is, you know, the end of April now, I would be getting down your second application of pre-emergent, not worrying about the soil temperatures as long as you're not frozen. So there we go. Uh, Nicholas Polio said, had a customer tell me he wants a super green, he wants super green grass, but doesn't want to cut it three times a week. Should I quote him for PGRs? Yes. That's a, that's a very easy upsell into there and just explain, you know, one, you're going to have to learn how to do, how to make applications according to growing degree days to make sure you're not getting the surge growth at the end where it begins to, to wear off. So, uh, yeah, that's exactly the way I would approach that. Also, uh, you're probably going to have to make frequent applications of things to stimulate darker green color other than just pounding it with nitrogen all the time. So that's where your applications of micronutrients and stuff can come in. Hello, everyone. What causes clover and how can I get rid of it? Well, it's kind of just a natural plant that takes place. Uh, it can move into an area from pretty much anywhere. Uh, it, how you to get rid of it, typically what I recommend for that, assuming you have cool season grass, would be uh, either triclopyr or uh, fluoroxapyr. And I like those when they're combined with like 2,4-D uh, dicamba and mecaprop as a tank combination uh, another word of warning is uh I'm, I'm i do not break things down very simple uh in my experience my time frame you have to remember i come from the professional side of lawn care oversimplification is devaluation to me so i speak very technically because i expect the people to take my advice to apply it very technically i'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there and clear the air right now ha <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, whoa, Turfner, what's going on, man? That is that is actually great to hear and see. That is, ah, uh, yes. Yes, David Watkins. Yes. <laughs> Lushy, hey, Lushy, just real quick, you got flagged on uh on one of your one of your posts that had a uh um a bad word in it. I'm just gonna let you know it got it got auto shuffled. All right, let me move back up here to the questions where I got bummed down to the end. Uh, change up versus four speed XT. Which one is better if both are available? Personally, I like four speed XT because it is uh, it has more modes of actions in the tank. Change up is just a reduced rate, uh, and it's been formulated in such a way for low volatility. Four speed is going to be two four D dicamba, uh, triclopyr, uh, and also pyrofluff and ethyl. Uh, pyrofluff and ethyl being um, a PPOI and uh, is going to speed up the rate at which everything else works. So um, I much, much prefer four speed over change up. That for me. What's the shelf life on Carbon X? Long time. As long as you keep it from getting wet, uh, it can tolerate some humidity now, but if you can keep it from being like rained on or sitting in water, 
uh, because it will wick it from the bottom. So don't don't let like a bag uh, sit in water or something like that. Lushy. I'm going straight down the soundboard there, Lushy. That is unnecessary, sir. I'm going to give it one more time. Right down the soundboard. Unnecessary, sir. Unnecessary. What are you thinking? What are you thinking, Lushy? Unnecessary. Where am I? Ah. <sighs> Uh, Matt Martinez says, any extended life of Paclobutrazol on when Exxon or Biochar is in the soil? No, definitely not. Um, hey, Matt, any thoughts on Poa Cure? Right now it's being sold only to the golf industry, but it claims to kill Poa Trip, which, if true, would obviously be game-changing. Yes, I've seen lots of, um, lots of studies and trials on, on Poa Cure, on, uh, on bent grass, at least. So... Poacure right now is only being sold to golf. If you find a way to get it, it's going to be through uh, some pretty, pretty wild ways, some sketchy ways to, to say the least. You know, I would kind of write it out of your brain right now until they are able to get residential labels on it and stuff. I wouldn't try and be sneaky about it because if we begin abusing that situation to get a hold of that herbicide, then we'll make sure we never end up getting it. Uh, because you have to remember the, 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 the doctor, the professor that came up with that product has done pretty much all of this by himself. He isn't putting it into major distribution or anything like that. So it is, uh, this is something you have to be extremely, extremely uh, sensitive about. I would not be doing, I wouldn't be doing anything bizarre like trying to acquire POA cure. <clears throat> Gravy said, do you know which labs are still open and performing tests? Um, I don't have a list of them, Evan, but I can tell you, uh, Waters Ag that we use, um, for that they have a location right there in Kentucky near our plant. Uh, we have no problem getting anything from them turned around within 24, 48 hours right now. So, uh, I know they are, I would assume all labs right now are still rocking and rolling. There may be a couple day delay on uh, getting results back, but for the most part, I haven't heard anything about them being shut down. Uh, do you find elite Kentucky bluegrass cultivars take longer to get going after winter? My lawn still looks weak in Chicago. Uh, Matt, no, not typically. Uh, usually, I don't know what an elite Kentucky bluegrass cultivar is, uh, but usually the newer hybridized uh, Kentucky bluegrass varieties are usually fastest uh, to come out. That's the way it's kind of been uh, genetically manipulated there for that to happen. Uh, anything I can do to help my Bermuda grass with the colder than usual temperatures? Uh, patience. Unfortunately, that's the one where you have to just endure a little bit of patience. If you really want to try and manipulate it, um, you can go with heavy rates of, uh, uh, you know, like top dressing with sand. Sand is going to help retain a lot of heat. That can help move things temperature-wise up faster. Uh, top dressing with really, really dark material. Uh, dark, you know, absorbing more heat, uh, therefore heating up your soil structure a little faster. Um, scalping it, keeping it very, 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 very low cut right now is going to help. Uh, but outside of that, no, not really. Uh, uh, is there humic acid on Mars? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, best steps and products for taking care of new St. Augustine side for a new home build. Uh, Northeast Florida. 802 Top Hat. I do not do programs for St. Augustine. Um, so I would probably check out what Alan Hain has put together for St. Augustine. 
uh, what first things first, what I would do is uh, one, just make sure you have the best fertility program that you can put together. Brian Carroll, unnecessary, <laughs> sir. Post emergency use on warm season grass when temperature reaches 85. I will get there. I will get there because there's like a million different options that you can use at that point. <clears throat> so, uh, as far as it, what I would do is take a soil test, um, see exactly where you stand, and then build your fertility program against that soil test. Um, a couple things I would just immediately off the bat recommend you stay away from anything that contains myriad of potash. I would not put on St. Augustine. I wouldn't put it on Centipede either. Um, let's see. What else? What else? Uh, St. Augustine is going to be a little bit tolerant of acidic soils too. So, um, you know, don't, don't be scared to use some of your acidifying fertilizers like ammonium sulfate or something of the sort. But get your pH right, uh, get your NPK right, and then the rest of it that you do on top of that is all going to be gravy. But if you can dial in your NPK accurately with, with St. Augustine, you're going to be good to go. Uh, Zach Marr says, hey, quick question. Just got a soul test back. I have super high calcium load, uh, 470 parts per million. My pH isn't too bad, 7.1. MPK are in range. Any thoughts on moving it back to normal? Uh, first off, calcium at 470 parts per million is not low. I mean, it's not high. That's, that's what I would consider low. Um, but you're still above the minimum level of sustainable nutrition, so I wouldn't worry about anything of that sort. Um, and if your P and K are in range, then that's, that's, that's great. You know, you can, you can apply, uh, you know, mostly nitrogen and get down a little bit of P and a little bit of K throughout the year. It'd be good. What I would recommend doing, <clears throat> this is that, uh, I'll tell you who actually taught me about this was using a climate appraisal form for, uh, from Pace Turf, uh, that, uh, OSU Turf man, uh, taught me about. And ever since doing that, you talk about making easy sense of putting together, a strategic MPK program, that is the way to do it. <clears throat> Lichelon says, I'm looking to put down a tank spray of... <laughs> <laughs> almost, sir. Almost. You almost got me. <laughs> uh, Polo Fields Lawn Service, how long does it take to see the effects of Lyme when trying to raise pH? Polo Fields, I put out a video that was very comprehensive about Lyme, uh, and and usually you're depending on the size of the grind, the speed at which Lyme reacts in the soil depends on the size of the grind. It could be anywhere from weeks to months to even years if you're using larger uh, uh, larger grind uh, Lyme size. Oh, I jumped down to the bottom. Hang on, hang on. Where am I at? Where am I at? Ah, yes. Here we go. Uh, Kyle Murray says, with a mix of northeastern grass, how do you get the lawn all the same color green? Uh, you, ha, ha, that's a good question. If you're having uh, some differing colors of green, chances are, if I had to guess, you have some non-desirable turf grasses in there or weeds in there. So your best bet would be to rem selectively removing the grasses that are in there and replacing them with the grasses that you have in there, which color you actually like. Uh, sometimes it's not going to be manageable. Like, for instance, if you're in the Northeast, you may be dealing with a lot of Poe Trivialis, just kind of like we do here in the South. And you may just be seeing that tremendous lime green versus dark green coloration variance right now. And ultimately, for something like Poe Trivialis, your only option is going to be to glyphosate it out and then either reside or reseed to establish. Making the lawn a, a slip and slide. 
Mile High Liberty, typically what I did with three-way and trike up here was 64 ounces to the acre of three-way and 16 ounces per acre of trike up here was, was normally what I ran. Uh, Mark Lovasolo says, I'm new to lawn care, so I put down Scott's Halt's crabgrass preventer. Do I need to put down a second app or am I good through summer? Uh, it all depends on the rate on the bag. So what I would look at is see how many pounds of material is required to get down a certain threshold of active ingredient. And it should give you a chart that tells you how long that threshold of active ingredient is going to be uh, 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 remaining or effective in the soil. So Scott's Halts, I believe, is going to be pendimethalin. Uh, and so uh, I don't know the rate of, of that off the top of my head in a granular form, so I'm not going to be able to tell you what that is. Uh, but it should stay on the bag there when, uh, not only if you need a second application, when you supply it and how heavy you should apply it, especially as compared to your first application. Osama, what's up, man? I'm in Maryland. Can I put down granular crabgrass preventative and spray the lawn with three-way at the same time? Yes, absolutely, you can. I see you, Lushy, with your ice bank. Ain't doing it, sir. <laughs> Andy's Lawn Care and Outdoor Adventures. How are you? Good, sir. Glad you're here. <clears throat> hey, Matt, last year I had bad seed stalks in my Kentucky bluegrass that made the yard look less than optimal in summer. PGR and Ferrosimonium Sulfate app starting now in spring to prevent Ah, I don't know. That's outside of my area of expertise. I, I cannot give you an accurate answer on that. I'm not sure if trend pack is going to be the appropriate, uh, the appropriate, um, is going to be the best for reducing your seed heads. I know that I believe there is a section on the label that talks about seed head suppression, but I think that was more for Poa Annua, not Poa Pretensis, but I, I just, I honestly don't know, Gabriel Jordan. I do not know. Uh, web education, curious, the best way to get rid of Torpedo in my floor tab. I've done two apps to dismiss NXT and Cethoxidem at 13%. And can I mix uh, dismiss NXT with Celsius and Cleary's or Eagle? Uh, that's probably going to be your best bet since you can't um, run any... Uh, What's it called? Quinclorac. Because you can't spray any quinclorac, that, that's probably the best guess. Um, you can maybe try and trick it out a little bit with a little bit of uh, uh, atrazine, you know, maybe maybe try and aggravate it that way, but I couldn't make any promises on that. Uh, can you mix Dismiss NXT with Celsius and Cleary's or Eagle? Uh, yes, you can. Uh, I wouldn't see any issue with that. Just jar test it, make sure nothing congeals. Uh, is now a good time for granular crabgrass preventative? Now's a great time. Now is a great time. Uh, Andy said, what's your thoughts on tenacity as a general post-emergent control? I hear mixed reviews. Uh, Andy, we actually did a show on the radio directly about this where I talked to Ray, the green doc, about it. And uh, and we we both came to the same consensus that we do not like it as a, as a post-emergent weed control at all. Now, as part of a post-emergent program where you're tank mixing tenacity with other modes of actions, then yes, it's good because it alters uh, a differing, it's an HPPD inhibitor, a bleacher. So it offers a different mode of action, a different site of action to attack the weed from. So when you're combining it with other post-emergent weed controls, then all of a sudden it becomes effective and it can really shine. 
Oh, is that a carbon earth compost pile in your background? Uh, not that one, actually, but it looks very similar. Uh, ours are much, much, much larger than that. Uh, yeah, I'd say I'd say those are what? Maybe 30, 40 feet. Um, ours, we're, we're probably going to have like uh, 20, 25 in a row, and they're going to be about uh, 200 yards long. So a little bit, little bit bigger than this, a little bit bigger than that. Uh, need to use a Primo 0.125 ounces uh, per thousand square feet. What is that per acre? Okay, five ounces an acre. Uh, with proxy Etafon. Oh, he's he's talking about seed stocks. I got you. I was like, man, I said all these broken down. I'm like. Wait, Ethafon, who's who's using proxy? But there we go. Well, he's talking about uh, running uh, trend pack along with Ethafon uh, for seed head reduction. There we go. There we go. Uh, hey, Brian from Texas. What's up, Brian? How are you doing? Good, sir. Glad you're here. post merchant to use on warm season grass when temperature reaches above 85 degrees. Okay. A uh, couple, couple different options here. Trifloxy sulfuron, uh, 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 Celsius, uh, sulfur sulfuron, uh, certainty. Um, Trifloxy sulfuron is monument. Uh, you can use revolver. Uh, you can spray like the change up, for instance. Um, what else? What else? Surge, horsepower, uh, halosephiron, tribute total. You can spray Pylex, depending on what you're what you're going after. Yeah, I'd say I'd say all those are all those are good to go, and that will actually probably run the gamut of everything that you could probably reach. Uh, you can also spray uh, quinclorac. So. There we go. RBL Jackson, what's going on? Good, sir. Matt, question on the certainty. Uh, the label is somewhat confusing because they say apply with two gallons per thousand on the label. Is the label saying one large scoop per 1,000 for a rate of 1.25 ounces per acre? Yes. And have I run it in a permagreen at less than two gallons per 1,000 with no problems? Yes. So, yes. Uh, one large scoop per 1,000 is typically how they recommend doing it. Um, where I typically had the best control with a product like Certainty, uh, Sulfosphiron, is using it when the dew was gone. So if there was still heavy dew on the ground and spraying it, I tend to not have as good of results as if I waited until after it passed. Also, when it came to mixing it and mixing it for the permagreen, what I would usually do is I would mix it in a one-gallon container first, you know, agitate it, make sure it all went into solution, and then pour it into my permagreen and fill the rest up with my acres worth of material to be able to spray it out of it. Johnny Palmer said, how would you meet treat moss in a tall fescue lawn? I spray prodiamine and liquid aeration so far this season. Um, well, none of those are going to help control moss. So the first thing I would do is look at what's contributing to it uh, because usually you're going to have a tree somewhere nearby that would be contributing to it. If you're having it in full sun, then you need uh, to thicken up your turf somehow, some way. So, First things first, identify what is the biggest contributing issue for the reason you have moss. If you want to spray something on it, 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 just understand you can spray something on it, but it's going to come right back until you fix the underlying issue. So you can spray like a, 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 an iron source on it and that'll burn it, or you can spray a, uh, a carfentrazone on it and burn it 
um, and and actually kill it. But unless you immediately replant that bare spot with grass, the moss is going to come right back. So it's an opportunistic weed. Where there is space and availability for the moss to come up, the moss is going to come up. If you eliminate the space for the moss to come up, it's not going to come up. If you hear somebody tell you that moss is related to the pH of the soil, slap them. Just bam, slap them and be like, you don't know what you're talking about. Because moss can, uh, can, can be present in a lawn whether you're in a pH of 8 or a pH of 5. It doesn't matter. It can tolerate a wide range of pHs. Everybody say, oh, you need to put down lime, this, that, that, that. Uh uh-uh. uh, that's bad advice. That's not true. That's not reality. That's what's called an old wives' tale. Slap them, be like, get out of my way. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Jay said, Can you give me more detail about watering insecticide in after application? Some labels say immediately. How soon is that? And what's the reasoning? What happens if you don't? Speaking to a midocloprid and a celebrant, the reason why it says immediately is because. It's a systemic in- insecticide. It doesn't come in contact with the with the um, uh, with the insect in order to kill it. It has to grow into the plant, and then the insect feeds on the plant, takes in the insecticide, and then it kills it. So that's why you like for especially with the metacloprid that can photodegrade as quickly as as that one can, and the sensitivity to heat uh, and exposure. Uh, you have to water in a metacloprid immediately. And what I mean by immediately is that as you're finishing spraying the first zone, you're kicking on the water on that first zone while you finish spraying the second zone, you're kicking on the water on the second zone. I'm kidding. It doesn't have to be that immediately. But when you do finish spraying it, turn on the irrigation. Uh, Let's see. Is it recommended to do two apps of prodiamine early spring and five weeks later? Rob, it all depends on the amount of active ingredient you have to get down all about the amount of active ingredients. So when you say two apps of prodiamine in early spring and five weeks later, that's not telling me anything. I need to know how much active ingredient you're actually getting down. So there you go. Charlie's compost is in here. Listen, for those of you that are playing along at home and asking about those being uh, compost piles, I'll tell you who, who does everything related to us that involves compost. And you'll see a name in here. I want everybody to press F in the chat for Charlie. Charlie Mann is one of our partners and uh, has really been. Um, what do you? How, how do you? How do you put this? Uh, one of the one of the backbones, one of the driving backbones behind uh, us being able to do the things we do. Uh, Charlie was a very early adopter of biochar and biochar going into houses, and even kind of the next phase of things we're going to be doing in that vein. Uh, Charlie has just been unbelievable. And for those that would like to learn more about Charlie, you can find him on the podcast over on Spotify. I did an episode all about him because you'll never meet another human being like Charlie Mann. Uh, And you'll never learn what it means to take ownership and have respect for your community uh, like Charlie Mann does. So there we go. Love you, Charlie. Thanks for being here. Um, Steve Willie, Matt, ever seen a three-way herbicide damage on cool season grasses? Yep. <laughs> yes, Steve. Yes, I have. 
if you want to send me pictures of it, I'd love to to give you an idea of whether or not I, I think I think it is uh, three way herbicide damage or not. And also tell me which rate you applied and also which product formulation. So was it just a triad? Was it uh, a three way ester? You know, give me give me the trade name that you you actually applied to. Uh, David Taylor said soil test shows pretty low in magnesium and phosphorus, high on pH and calcium. Okay. Um, how much mag and cal can I apply at one time? What, why would you apply mag and cal if you're low, if you're already high in calcium? And what sources are best? Okay, if you're already high pH and high in calcium, there's no reason for you to apply calcium. Uh, if you need to apply magnesium, you can apply like sulpamag. You can apply magnesium sulfate, uh, whatever the case may be. Um, so what I would be focusing on is dropping your pH as quickly as possible, whether you want to do citric acid or elemental sulfur, however you want to do it, go about it that way. Uh, and then build your magnesium level up with either sulpamag, which is uh, sulfate of potash of magnesia, uh, which is always a good one because you get a little color bump from the magnesium sulfate in it, or just use straight magnesium sulfate. How much can you apply at one time? Uh, I wouldn't go crazy with it, and I would pay attention to the recommendations on your soil test. Um, and like if you're using a product like Sulpamag, I wouldn't be applying more than one pound of actual potassium from that product at one time. If you're using magnesium sulfate, I wouldn't be applying more than like an ounce, two ounces per thousand square feet at one time. Which would be about a pound an acre. I'm sorry. It'd be more than that. It'd be like three pounds an acre. David Taylor. Uh, oh, I just said, <laughs> I just read that one. I get a little confused there. Uh, do you have a good commercial supplier of your products in Western PA? Um, if you go to our uh, website, you can take a look at where we have suppliers. Um, I can't, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. I got a new one. I want to say is somewhere over there. Uh, no, that's going to be in Maryland in Crownsville, Maryland, Ballard Enterprises. I do not have one in, where is this? Western PA? No, I do not have one in Western PA near Pitt, Pitt, baby Pittsburgh. Uh, let's see. Great leaf spot year after year, even when spraying is oxystrobin and propiconazole. Is there an underlying condition I'm missing? St. Augustine here. Uh, yes. Uh, I can't tell you what it is unless I have a better, bigger picture of what you have going on. But if you're continually getting great leaf spot, one, I would make sure that is actually what you're seeing is great leaf spot. And two, um, I would also be looking at different uh, uh, fungicide concoctions to see exactly uh, what is can um, if if something's going to give you a little bit uh, alt alternative level of control. But yes, something something's going on there. But Ray said potentially too much nitrogen. Uh, Evan Whaley says, "Do you recommend who do you recommend for soil tests? Local Extension or is a better company that does a better job? I, you can use local extensions, no problem there. I just don't." Um, so usually who I recommend is like mid, uh, Midwest, uh, uh, waypoint, spectrum analytics, waters, all those should be fine. Is there a way to enhance the rhizomatous characteristics of RTF? No. Uh, and actually I tried this 
And uh, I was doing some some different applications of different phosphorus sources on it last year to try and manipulate that rhizomatous uh, uh, response from it. And ultimately, nothing, nothing that I witnessed actually encouraged that to to happen. I think it's genetic at that point when you're seeing the end fescue. And ultimately, it's up to the plant when it's going to do it. I don't know anything. I've never used anything specifically that I could say without a doubt made uh, an impact on it. Gravy said, I was going to aerate, aerate my lawn this spring, but I'm afraid of shaft. <laughs> yes. Yes, Gravy. Yes. You, sir, win the internet. You win the internet. Web education, that is not necessary, sir. Real quick, I'll answer your question. What does jar testing mean? Jar testing means when you mix a very, very, very small amount in a jar of water just to see how all of it mixes together. Uh, if you, let's see, I will... There should be plenty of YouTube videos about jar testing. If not, I'll make one about it. Uh, let's see. Basic jar testing procedures. We can do this one. I'll throw that link right there. Uh... But basically, you're just going to test a very, very small amount to make sure everything stays in solution, nothing falls out of solution, and nothing congeals into a, a, a gelatinous piece of goo. Uh, we are in the process of planning, uh, planting 16 Gold Strike arb Uh Mrs. Longstripes was asking about putting lime in the mix. pH is already more alkaline, and there's some calcium in the lime. What other benefit would Lyme give us in any? I'm thinking no benefit, and you're exactly right. Your suspicions are true. It would give you no benefit. Um, a lot of political promises in that background photo. What? Strike it, Rich. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, I'm not seeing it, sir. I'm not seeing it at all. I don't understand. Uh, Matt Martinez says, can you explain the model you posted on Facebook to eliminate certain genes in common Bermuda using CRISPR-Cas9? Uh, yeah, so that's not my model. Um, that is a friend of mine who does um, who does modeling for NASA, uh, Hungry Southerner. He, he is a rocket scientist for NASA, and his background is not only engineering, but is also genetics. So he was modeling... Uh, the genome of common Bermuda grass to put together some probabilities of plant responses if you were to edit out certain of the gene expressions using CRISPR-Cas9. So that was just a beginning stage of the model of the different genetic sequences and, and the functions they may control within Bermuda grass. How often do you apply A18 at 0.48? pounds per 1,000. Uh, it depends on you, what, what you're looking to do with it. So, I, you know, I would say 
you know, you can apply it monthly, you can apply it every six weeks, you can apply it every eight weeks. It kind of depends on what the nitrogen uh, nitrogen demands are of the grass you are dealing with. I want to say you're in Louisville, Kentucky, so they're going to be pretty high right now. So I'd say you know, every six weeks is going to be perfect for you. Uh, not sure if the guy that made it, that made that is on here tonight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Our favorite rocket scientist. That's right. Uh, when should I start the fungicide and how long? Uh, it depends. So you want to time it before the outbreak of disease and you want to run it until you're outside of disease pressure. Uh, so when does that start? It depends on which disease you're going after and when the conditions are most favorable for the onset of that disease and making sure you get your fungicide down with at least 48 hours of time and function time before the, uh, before the development of the disease. Andy's Lawn Care and Outdoor Adventures. What is a good weed killer to eradicate clover from cool season turf aside from 24 d dicamba triclopyr? Each I've tried. Any other options? Exploring my options. If you're not getting control out of those products on clover, then something else is going on. The first thing I would do is make sure you're getting your, your rates correct. Secondly, I would make sure the pH of your spray solution is uh, on the acidic side. If you're going out there with, the pH, with, with water with a pH of 9, that may be why you're seeing things like that being left over. Uh, secondly, check on the nozzle that you're actually using to make the application. If you're using like a Lesco gun or something like that, uh, I could see where you're going to have some failure on it. Uh, if you are doing that, make sure you're running plenty of surfactant with it to where it would actually adhere to the plant and increase its efficacy. The other thing, too, is with it being cold outside, if you're up in the north and it is extremely cold outside, it may not reduce efficacy, but it may slow down the rate at which it's controlled. Therefore, given the appearance that it's not dead yet. And so where you're used to killing a weed in two weeks, it ultimately may take somewhere up to four weeks or even four and a half weeks for it to die. So there's a lot of variables in there, but if you're not killing clover from 24 d dicamba and tricopyr, something is wrong. Uh, let's see, where are we? How do you control spreading grasses in landscape beds? If you spray with glyphosate, then how far will it translocate down the plants, runners, and stolons? Assuming you're talking about things like Bermuda grass, uh, you will have to continually uh, do that because you'll never be able to get it to translocate out as far as it needs to go, especially if it's growing from your lawn into your landscape bed. If you translocated it throughout the entirety of the root system, you would also kill your yard. Uh, so a physical barrier may help where you actually go down into the ground with like uh, with some sort of physical barrier that may run like 24 inches deep or something into the ground. That may slow it. Um, but there's just not really a lot of options other than staying on top of it with something like uh, Glyphosate or even something like um, uh, SureGuard. SureGuard would be a great product for that. Matt, is it too early to spray some atrazine and cethoxidem? Uh, no, if you're actively green and growing, then by all means, you certainly can't. Uh, Hose-in sprayer versus backpack sprayer. Um, it depends on how much of an area you're trying to cover. That's kind of a kind of a loaded question. It's a simple, simple question. Um, if you're using a hose-in sprayer, you know, I would say, you know, you're, you may want to look at like one of the boom attachments that Ray has, has built. So, um, uh, but if you're looking to actually knock out like acreage, then a hose-in sprayer would be the only way to go. Backpack sprayer would be great if you're like 
mixing especially herbicide or something like that and doing a little squirt squirt here and there kind of deal. Eric Ellis said, I had a guy driving by stop and asked about my fertilizer. Told him Carbon X and he didn't leave until I showed him how. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Thank you, Eric. Thank you so much. Uh, what brand of equine feed is best for my soul? <laughs> That's funny. That is funny, Jordan. <laughs> Just about Carbon X. Can you tell me the difference between Carbon X and X Green? Yes, Carbon X has been blended with a urea source that is coated with DCD, uh, which is uh, diacinamide and MBPT, imbutyl thiophosphoric thiophosphorus acid, something or another. Uh, so one has a higher nitrogen rate, and the other one is uh, is kind of more of like uh, it contains everything else. So one to one nitrogen to potassium ratio. It's got more more potassium. Uh, in effect, it's got a little bit more phosphorus and uh, higher micronutrient load too. You know, four percent iron. So uh, mainly for use when it gets hot outside, and you still need to maximize color, but you don't want to be pounding it with. Uh, um, you do not want to be pounding it with nitrogen to drive that color. So there you go. Logan said, uh, Hey Matt, if I mix tenacity with T zone, would I still use a surfactant with it? Uh, cool season grass in Pennsylvania. Probably Logan. I would probably do it. Uh, Kate Carter says, so I just built my custom sprayer today. Do you have any advice on what sort of screens to use for filtration purposes? What size, uh, et cetera, running TJXR red nozzles, if that matters? Uh, so your screen size is going to vary by the material you're running. So I would consult with your label because your label will tell you what screen sizes to use. Remember, each product has, for the most part, you're going to see the same recommendation across the board, but other times you're going to see different recommendations for each product. Uh, so if the insecticide is broken down, my sunlight becomes in effect and my irrigation takes 24 hours to put down a half inch. Is that soon enough? Probably. You should be okay there. Um, hey, I saw one of your video descriptions that you got some seed from Hogan's in Springfield, Tennessee. I got their Hogan's blend last year, and my yard looks great. So thanks. Hey, I I don't even remember using Hogo, Hogan seed. <laughs> Undercover Gardener says, if you're watching this and not ESPN, lose my number. Uh, guess what, Undercover Gardener? Blocked. <laughs> Uh, Velvet Sod Farms, closest to PA. Yeah, probably the Columbus branch would be, I would say so. Um, let's see. Do you have a commercial supplier in Northern Illinois for your products? No, Andy, you would have to go directly to our website, um, and fill out the form and contact us that way. And we can get you taken care of. Uh, where am I? Hey, how come Xtress isn't being talked about? Seems like an awesome product. Can you talk a bit about it? I wish more of the lawn channels would talk about it more. Yeah, because it's not in production yet. So, uh, Lucky Boy Sunday, the issue with StressX that we've run into is, uh, in order for us to, the, the, the way we're basically making StressX is, uh, we're blending in sulfate of potash with the product. So, we have to have a uh, sulfate of potash that is appropriately sized 
compared to the fertilizer that we actually manufacture in-house that we granulate. And when you're looking for sulfate of potash, there's one supplier of granulated sulfate of potash at commodity scale in the United States. There's only one, Compass Minerals. And so um, the problem is, is that they have no granulated sulfate of potash in the eastern half of the United States right now and, fa and that you can buy in bulk. The only way we could get it would be like buy the super sack and that's not going to fit the the volumes that we would need to supply uh, our, our customer base. So what we have been doing is trying to figure out a way to not just start beginning to fill orders, but make sure we have plenty in the pipeline where we're not going to release like three or four pallets of fertilizer and then nobody's going to see it for the next six, eight, 12 months. You know what I mean? So we're trying to logistically get all that coordinated where we can have rail cars show up and begin filling a warehouse that we can then trek from the warehouse over to our place and begin manufacturing the product with it. With there only being one company that has a monopoly on it in North America, it's difficult to get all of that negotiated, especially since sulfate of potash is not that popular compared to muriate of potash. Um, and the majority of all your potash sources now are all under one roof. You've either got Nutrien or you've got Compass. And I think there's a couple of other smaller ones, but they're owned indirectly by those two companies. So, um, yeah, that's just the reality of the situation. The sulfate of potash market is very difficult. Uh, the, the brokerage and brokering of, of a commodity, a specialized, a specialty fertilizer commodity like that is, uh, it's just difficult. So, Nobody's talking about it because nobody has it right now. Uh, when we were first putting this product together, they said, no problem. There's going to be plenty of it on the East Coast. And that's how, that's how we formulated it, came up with the idea, began marketing it. And then on the flip side of that was uh, you start trying to make purchase, purchases. You, you submit purchase orders for it. And they're like, well, wait a second. We, we only have about, about uh, 40 or 50 tons of it out right now. And you're like, okay, that, that's not going to help. We can get it in real big pieces that look like gravel, but nobody can spread gravel out of their for, out of their hopper. So that we can use the big gravel pieces to manufacture our product because we can put it through particle size reduction and all that, and then reglomerate it. But when it comes to producing at scale a product like Stress X, we have to have it already granulated. And if we don't have it already granulated, we're, it's 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 a moot point. It's not going to work. So we're steadily working on making that become a reality. Steadily working on it. Let's see. Let's see. How do you sell a fungicide program into my program? Disease pressure has jumped, and I want to diversify my program, but want a smooth transition with my customers. Uh, Nicholas, I've done a lot of videos about this, so the best way to do it is when you know, when you have a history, and you can identify when you're going to experience the onset of disease, the easy thing to do is to begin pre-selling or sending out communications with your client base saying, hey, listen, for the last three years running, we have had this disease on this date. So I want to begin applying preventative fungicides on this date prior to then to make sure we're not dealing with it then. So that's the easiest way to do it is to say, you know, hey, we have a history of this disease in your lawn. Send them an email blast and, and get out in front of them and say, listen, you know, this is going to be the cost, but we're going to prevent it from the get-go this year. Uh, 
Uh, with talks about pH, what is the best way to adjust my spray solution pH up or down available to DIY? I have no idea. Um, probably the best way would be like potassium hydroxide and citric acid. Just be careful. Potassium hydroxide is very caustic and it's an exothermic reaction, meaning it's going to get very hot. And if you add too much too fast, the water will begin to boil. You'll melt your tank. All kinds of bad things can happen. Don't put your lid on while it's still undergoing its exothermic reaction. You'll create a pressure vessel and it'll explode. So it's, it's, it's very risky. Um, but potassium hydroxide and citric acid are the two that you would use. I don't know how to acquire that as far as DIY is concerned. I uh, heard you and Ray say on the radio show that real cut Bermuda Luxifert ratio of 102 uh, to help with drought tolerance. That's one way. Should every each application be at that ratio or just early summer? Um, and during the summer months, I, I you know, that was uh, when I was talking about Patriot Bermuda that way. I've never had an issue with a one-to-one. Um, should every application? Yes. During peak summer, yes. That would be that would be ideal. Does that Ballard Enterprises carry X-Green? I don't know. If they don't, tell them to carry it, and uh, and they can we can get them some. That's no problem. Uh, Ron Hunter is broadleaf signal grass common in cool season lawns. Is there anything to treat it? Broadleaf signal grass. I don't believe so. Hey, look at this. No. This would probably be more uh, popular in pastures. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the growth habits of it are. Let's see. This is a spreading summer annual. Hmm. Uh. So it's not up yet. If you think you're seeing it right now, I can confirm 100%. You're not. It's a summer annual, so you're not going to begin seeing this until like June, July time frame. Uh, any idea of what commercial growers are using as insecticides or deterrents on fruits producing trees? Uh, tired of applying neem oil constantly. Uh, <laughs> look at what Ray said. Uh, products not safe in residential areas. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Is there a uniform rate in which turf grass uses nitrogen or does it depend on different factors? It depends on different factors. So if you want to look at how uh, turf grasses use nitrogen, I highly recommend going to Pace Turf and downloading the, the climate appraisal program where you can type in your historical weather data and it can tell you based on an approximation of uh, your moisture, soil moisture levels and your ambient air temperature levels, how quickly your turf grass is using nitrogen. But no, it is not across the board. It all depends on many, many, many factors, including the cultivar, uh, uh, sunlight hours in a day, uh, it all plays a part in it. I have two large necrotic ring spots in Bermuda. I haven't been able to fill them in in two years. Any suggestions? If you have necrotic ring spot in Bermuda, it's probably not necrotic ring spot. It's probably fairy ring. And if you haven't been able to fill them in in two years, uh, that soil has probably become extremely, extremely hydrophobic. I would aerate it incredibly aggressively incredibly aggressively uh, and use a, a, a nice penetrant or wetting agent like duplex from precision labs and uh, soak that area really, 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 really good. And then get some sod on it and, uh, and see if that will get it to come in. Uh, you, necrotic ring spot in Bermuda is very uncommon, very uncommon. So probably what you're seeing is uh, fairy ring. 
Prodiamine overdose. I put down nearly a double app. Hang on. I missed this. Uh, put down nearly a double app per thousand by accident. WDG 65. We had torrential rains four and a half days after. Is my lawn doomed? No. You'll be fine. Just learn your lesson and don't, don't do it again. Lord of Junk, I appreciate you tuning in. Thank you, sir. I saw your wine preem doesn't work anymore, Vid. How long on a new construction lawn can we expect cool season grasses to develop prodiamine resistance to have to switch up multiple products? Well, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't answer that. It's up to biology and, and how fast the weeds can adapt to it. And uh, so it's, it's impossible to say. So mainly the big thing I want to use about wine, the preem doesn't work anymore, is that is to spur the thought that we don't really have a whole lot else that we can we can reach into our pocket for other than taking a very aggressive post-emergent type type approach. Um, so it's more to say, you know, holy holy crap, I have to learn what the hell I'm doing, not just preventatively but also post-emergently because it won't be long until these stop working. And I think we're beginning to see that with spectacle flow now in Atlanta, Georgia. The number of people saying spectacle didn't work this year is not good. Not good. Uh, is it still safe to apply four speed XT in these cooler temps? Yes. Uh, unplanned spring project due to working from home and seeing the common Bermuda mix with TIFF 419. Cut it all out and laid a new side. How long do I need to wait to apply Carbon X? Uh, wait till you get your second cut on it. You mentioned hot water with mixing. I had to use hot water to dissolve my AMS potassium nitrate and ferrosulfate. I put four pounds AMS, two and a half pounds of potassium nitrate and eight ounces of ferrosulfate. That sounds about right. Uh, citric source for lowering pH mix. Pete, GCI turf sells it. There we go. Check it out, Pete. Pete's going to get you taken care of. Took a lot to get dissolved. Maybe too much for a four-gallon sprayer at once. I was thinking it was a bit too much after seeing some residue afterwards. Seemed to spray okay, though. I would check the pH of uh, your um, your tank, too. Um, because if you have water that's at about a 7 and you're trying to keep all that in solution, it could be a little difficult. So you may have to bring it down just a hair, and it might help things out. Lord of Junk says, I have an excess of phosphorus in my soil test. Is availability of that P based solely on soil pH or are there other factors? Uh mainly on, on soil pH, because your, your grass is going to be able to take it up no matter what. The whole phrase, every, whenever you hear people talking about locked up phosphorus, that's a bunch of horse crap. Um, the only time you have to worry about that is during seed establishment, and that's more of an ag thing than it is, because that's where if you don't have a certain PPM of phosphorus solubilized, ready to go in ag, you're talking about sacrificing 30, 40, 50 bushels an acre. In turf, that's not the case. So, Turf has a process called root exudation, which is going to help solubilize any of those different types of phosphorus, whether it's calcium phosphate or uh, what, however insoluble form it may be in. Uh, usually, that can that can be corrected. Uh, but when you have an excess of phosphorus like that, getting the plant to take it up, well, that all depends on your nitrogen. Nitrogen dictates the uptake of phosphorus, so. Uh, the more nitrogen you apply, the more phosphorus your, your plant's going to take up. It's as simple as that, and it's linearly. Uh, I had one-year-old brass ball valve snap in half. Was it a de defective valve, or does brass corrode easily 
with herbicide fertilizer solutions. Um, I've never had an issue with brass and uh, caught up rumple shot. <laughs> I do not have any rumple in here, Kenny. Otherwise, I would do it. Saturday was a long night. Um, I've never had any issue with brass ball valves. Look, Ray said he uses stainless steel. Um, yeah, I, it, most of mine were always stainless steel, but I never, I never ran into an issue. So, uh, yeah, chances are it just, uh, it just dissolved. Normally I would replace mine every year. What, what, what's an hour? What's going on, dude? <laughs> All right. What time is it? It is 1026. I am pretty close up to an hour, so I'm going to go ahead and call it. I appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. I had a good time. Hopefully you learned something. Now I've never been a one to play a seat. <sighs> Alright, and for those of you, please tune in to TurfsUpRadio.com tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m. I will be on. You can check out the other shows in the morning starting at 6 a.m. all the way to 4 p.m. All the way out tonight. We've got live content. 4 to 6 to 8 a.m., 8 to 10 a.m. Uh, 3 to 3.30, 4 to 6, 6 to 8, and then 8 to 10. My goodness, baby. Why? We got all kinds of stuff on there. Then if you want to listen to it in podcast form while you're out riding around doing whatever it is you do, you can always check it out on Apple Podcasts or even Spotify. And it's going to be available on most of your favorite podcasting segments. So... Thank you again for everybody. Love you all to death, and we will see you next week. This fire, this fire They told me I was never getting far But those words couldn't take to heart I knew the day would come Be the chosen one, yeah I never had a safe place to hide Run to the end of the tunnel to find A train on a shining sun To be the chosen one Ain't nothing gonna stop this Ain't nothing gonna stop this fire I was born to be Making history Something greater, something higher Ain't nothing gonna stop this fire It's plain reality I was born to be Something greater, something higher Ain't nothing gonna stop this fire I was born to be making history something greater, something higher. Ain't nothing gonna stop 